This is a Media 8 production. This podcast may have explicit themes and swearing and may not be suitable for children. I was out there in the middle of nowhere in Zambia and I thought to myself, wow, it's so cool to see these fishermen. They don't really know what they're going to catch. But I sort of thought, wow, how cool. That's a bit like storytelling. You know, you're fishing for stories or whatever. You never know what's underneath someone's facade or what is underneath there. And this dream, I always think that there's beauty, there's things that bring wonder or things like that. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Human. Today's Awesome Human is Jude Calman. Jude is a savvy businesswoman, wife, mother, and has a passion and energy that flows to everyone she encounters. With a wealth of experience in photography, filming, and storytelling, she's passionate and dedicated to creating social impact through sharing, inspiring, and connecting others. Judy is the founder, photographer and editor of Fish Films, a production house that aims to make a social and or environmental impact through media. This powerhouse of a lady is also the producing editor of Photo Media, a creative agency with studios in South Brisbane and Burley on the Gold Coast. And there have been some worthy awards granted to her as well. Jude won the ACS Award for Corporate Education in 2015 and more recently in 2018 she was awarded the Distinguished CAA Award for compelling content. She certainly knows how to tell a real story. One of the things I love about Judy is she's actually the wife of a very good friend of mine, Councillor Glenn Tozer from uh, (laughs) 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 And uh, I've been trying to get Judy in my studio for a long time and I think Glenn's now sort of pushed her along and she's actually (laughs) made it. When Judy's not behind the lens or oozing her creative genius, she keeps active and engaged, making her own social impact with her own, within her own neighbourhood. Hey, Jude. Sorry, they made me do it. I'm really sorry. Absolutely honoured to have you in our studio today. How are you? Yeah, good. Thanks for having me. You've got a bit of flu you told me before we Uh, come in. I do, yes. Are you all right though? Battling it, yeah. I'll come good. A month. Is that just That could be nearly man flu. Like that could go close to being man flu. Yeah, I think so. (sighs) I'm just scared that Glenn will actually get it. Then it'll be three months. Yeah, yeah, and then it's a whole new level. (laughs) Yeah, of course, because you've still been mothering and doing all that Ah! stuff. We don't do that. The blokes don't do that. Um, The way I always love to start these chats is we go way, way back. So I want to know what your first ever memory is. How far back can you go and what's that first ever memory you can think of? Golly, I've re- I've actually got a really bad memory and it, it takes photos to bring back my memory. Yeah. Maybe that's why I like photography <laughs> and film. <laughs> You're in a good uh, industry then. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I do remember in my childhood learning about Santa. I was the youngest kid on the block. Really? Yeah, it was pretty devastating to be honest. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. How old do you reckon you were? I was probably about four. <gasps> That's probably my it? earliest memory. <laughs> and, the, and the memory is crying. And, and, and it's like, yeah, the memory's like in the side of my house next door to my neighbours. So I've got a brother who's four years older than me. Yeah. And then our neighbours, there was like three girls and they were all older and they were all talking about Santa. And then they were like, they told me that, yeah, mm. Santa. And I was That's... four. I couldn't believe it. I, I so didn't believe it. And then my brother was like, I uh, I can prove it to you. Go and check mum and dad's closet. Oh, no. And there's going to be presents in there. And then so I went and checked and I found like these presents. Said nothing oh. until Christmas Day when I opened my presents and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'd seen them in the cupboard. I was devastated. Oh, 
<laughs> how did the parents it's react? Pretty, it's pretty traumatising. Yeah, especially at four. <laughs> I know, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what you get when you're a younger sister. It's oh. like grow So how many up. siblings you got? Uh, I've got two. I've got a half-brother that lives in Thailand. Yeah. And my full brother that lives in Kingscliff. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they older, younger? Older. I'm oh, the, so you're I'm the, the baby. Yes, the baby. <laughs> so where were you born? I was born in Sydney, Ryde or North Ryde. I have to get that right because oh, apparently do. one of those is a psychiatric hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so I well, was, was born in one and then yeah. now I'm in the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Back in the 70s. <laughs> oh, wow. And then where did you go to school? Um, I grew up in Sydney, Carlingford. So okay. I went to Murray Farm Primary School. Murray. Do you remember it? Oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember being – I've broken both my collarbones. Okay. And, yeah, one time there I got hammered. I, Did you do them both at the same time? No, one time I was playing handball and then this bully, it was called Death Corner at our school. Oh, okay. And I came That's out. Deep. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pretty tragic school. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, I was innocently playing handball, ran out, and then one of the bullies from school yeah. accidentally, he accidentally, like, he was running and we both just accidentally. met. Accidentally. It was, no, it was definitely accidentally. Death corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Hey, come on. Yeah, yeah. It was a bit scary corner. <laughs> but yeah, Murray Farm one. was good. Um, oh, I was younger and we we grew up in Sydney. It was awesome. We had like this massive backyard. Then we had a nature reserve. Yeah. Then we had like a um, soccer field kind of thing. Uh-huh. And then there was like more of a nature reserve Far, far away land, yeah, yeah. there were bamboo sticks and all the, like, kids from the street were collecting bamboo st- sticks, but I was too young. So I was ah. at the fence, like, pulling them over and, I don't know, one just clicked my <laughs> collarbone out. <laughs> tragic <laughs> tragic story, golly. Life Good isn't really start. that bad. <laughs> so at uh, primary school, were you, like, one of the kids that everyone loved or were you, like, the picked on kid or were you the quiet one sitting in the corner? I don't know. I was definitely, I think, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. I know Well, I, when I was 10 we moved up to the Gold Coast. So oh, okay. I don't have, like I do have memories of Sydney. That was kind of whatever. Yeah. But then I think at school I was always in the cool crew. Yeah. yeah. I somehow got into that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how, but at, I, I went to Marymount on the Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and our grade was actually exceptionally well known for being too social. <laughs> oh, okay. We weren't academics. We uh, were the social bunch. I like so. how they don't sort of say, you're not academic, you're social. Yes. <laughs> we have really high social skills. Hence <laughs> <laughs> why you're a storyteller now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so at Marymount, you were there for the whole duration then of high school? and Yeah, yeah, from grade 5 to 12. Oh, so. okay. And what was that school like back then? Yeah, I liked it. Enjoyed it, was, it? Again, it was just a social probably too. <laughs> Whoops, don't listen to me, kids. Study hard. Start, no, yeah, um, right. yeah. No, I, I really liked it. I still got really good friends. Like, so you enjoyed school? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I like I liked the social part of school. Yeah, me too. I was the same. I definitely wasn't academic. <laughs> no, I was. Te- I love speech and drama. Like, yeah. so I would wag maths to go and do <laughs> some and sort drama. of speech and drama assignment. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my kids but, saw yeah. my year twelve report card and it said, "Brady's a disappointment. He should try harder." <laughs> and then the sport one, Brady's excellent. <laughs> oh. Not a good thing to show your kids. Oh, right. Uh, lessons yeah, yeah. learned out there. Yeah, I wasn't a naughty, a naughty kid, but um, yeah, I just like speech and drama and stuff more Excellent. than maths. Whoops. So were you like in the debating team and all that sort of stuff? Did you do that sort of speech or you just wanted more acting No, stuff? like more the drama side singing of things. Singing and stuff? Yeah. Oh, no, not singing. No. More, more, always directing. I was always behind <laughs> the always scenes, behind the camera? writing and 
Okay. And things like that. Isn't that funny? From an early age, that's sort of what you always were passionate about and you end up doing it in life. Oh, for sure. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's the reason why I ended up doing what I do, I think. Yeah. I think I got to a point in my life and I was like, what do do I like? Like, you know, and and I've always loved it. Yeah. And so did you go to uni? I did go to uni. Which uni did you go to? I went to, um, what's it called? Griffith Uni. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I just didn't finish my degree. Another terrible story. Go and study, children. (laughs) What degree did you do? (laughs) Um, It was a bachelor in screen production, I believe it was called. I can't remember. (laughs) So you knew what you wanted to do when you were at school? Oh, no. No way. No, no, no. no. So this is what happened. When I first left school, I did primary school teaching. Okay. Um, And I think it was just because I came from an era where it was like that was my kind of academic, like, I don't know, my OP or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it was either so a school teacher or you're, yeah. And okay. it's either a school teacher or a nurse. And I was like, I'll do teaching. But yeah, I just went from high school to, to doing teaching at uni and was like, oh, I hate it. <laughs> and, and I wasn't even sure back then if I liked children. I, I remember thinking, wow, like what a responsibility to educate a child. My goodness. That's, that's, so, <laughs> I'm not old enough for that. Yeah, yeah. So I freaked out and, yeah, just worked and travelled. And then when while I was travelling, I was like, what did I like doing as a kid? You know, what was something that, yeah, I was passionate about and it like films and storytelling and yeah. all that stuff was always some like a dream that I just and did you do you think you see things differently like so when you're traveling you're actually seeing the story unfold as opposed to the like just the bridge or just that or so I find that when I travel a lot oh for is, sure is you see and you can actually sort of feel it and it just makes things feel a bit different doesn't it yeah for sure I think it's like a bit like yourself like whenever I do a trip, I don't really research that much because I want to see it for the first time or I want to hear it for the first time. And, yeah, like from that I'll find some sort of story. Like I like that kind of storytelling. Yeah, we um, we always used to uh, make sure we caught public transport as well. So if we went to a city, we'd get the local metro train or a local bus or whatever just to sort of get a feel of the people and – We'd eat at the street markets as opposed to the restaurants and things like that. Mm. Not because we couldn't afford to go to the restaurant. It was just that we just wanted to be part of the culture. Yeah, because yeah. Because that's all sort of – you get the real feeling of travelling. Oh, 100%. Like culture's always fascinated me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you're, you got married recently-ish. Yeah, years two, years, two years. On now. Monday was our wedding anniversary. Happy anniversary. Thank you. <laughs> so prior to that, so after school and all that sort of stuff, do you, did you have boyfriends? What? How did you sort of – how did you go in the man front? Uh, I was always pretty single, actually. Yeah? I was famously single for a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sort of, you know, yeah. I don't know. I kind of, don't get me wrong, like I didn't want to be single. but <laughs> <laughs> It just was like I had relationships but nothing. So nothing. when you travelled and stuff, did you travel on your own or did you travel with mates or? Yeah, bit bit of both, bit yeah. of both, yeah. So, yeah. so do you call yourself like, do you like your own space? Oh, totally. Oh, do you? I'm so, it's, it's, I don't think I realised how single I was until I got married. <laughs> <laughs> like, because I'm just happy to. You know, I was single you. for a long time yeah. and just traveling and your time is your own, Yeah, you know, like no so responsibilities. it's kind of like, oh, cool, I'll do this or that yeah. or, you know, like I, I've traveled a lot with work. So, yeah, I don't know. So let's move to there. So you went to uni now, you, your, your second time back. Yeah. You, you've decided to do your screen production. Did you finish that? 
no, I didn't finish it <laughs> because um, I'm, I, I don't know, I was learning, I, I'm more of a doer than, yep. you know, like a theologian or a, th- <laughs> the- what's the word? Like, I don't know. I'd rather just do, um, you know. Um, so I got myself onto sets and, yeah, and then I, I got myself onto Scooby-Doo and, yeah, and I was the like, Scooby-Doo see you later. I'm not, one? yeah, oh, it was probably the biggest thing that I got myself onto. How did you do that? Um, oh, basically I had a friend, I was working on other stuff with them. Um, and then they worked in the film industry and then they were working on Scooby-Doo and said, Hey, this job's on offer. Um, and you know. And what was that job? It was the coolest job ever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was Linda Cardellini's assistant on, on, on set. So she played Velma. So she, uh, the primary, you know. Thing that I had to do was make sure she was on set on time. Um, <laughs> so so it was pretty easy. <laughs> yeah. And we were the same kind of similar age. Yeah. Um, and she knew I liked film. So she was super cool. And we, uh, so although I had to get her to set, she let me do anything because she was, she was Velma. She was one of the stars. And wow. so I got to, it was really cool. It was awesome because she knew I loved film and was interested in it. She'd be like, hey, do you want to come sit in? We're having a producers meeting. We're having a oh, writers wow. so meeting. Oh wow! So you got to see the whole lot. Oh, it was awesome. It was yeah. all time. Yeah, it was so cool because because I was her assistant. I could go anywhere. She kind of gave Access the green all light. Areas. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Wow. So yeah, it was pretty funny. That was kind of the biggest job that I, you know, back in the day that I that I got. That was a big movie too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it was so shot on the Gold big Coast. Big actors and so what else was she in? She had back then. She was um, her fame came from Freaks and Geeks. Have Freaks you ever heard of that? No. It was a like um, U.S. sitcom or something. Oh, a TV show. That yeah, that actually failed. But once it got like axed, it uh, had a cult following. Oh, okay. So out of it, James Franco. Oh yeah. Seth, um, what's his name? Seth. Ro- Seth oh, Rogen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, ah, what's his name too? Uh, the guy from How I Met Your Mother. Fully forgotten his name. Ah, oh, come on, my It'll brain. come to you. It'll pop in your head later and you'll say this name. It's like, what? Yeah, well, he did Forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I know him. Big tall fellow with dark hair. Yeah, my yeah. gosh. Anyway, all anyway. those guys came out of it. And Linda and Jason, Jason Siegel. Out of, um, all come out of Freaks and Geeks. Freaks and Geeks. Did they really? And then, like, Linda, sort of back then, Linda had sort of hit the big time and won this role on Scooby-Doo. But meanwhile, um, J- James Franco, who's in Sp- Spider Man and all that sort yeah, of stuff, and he and was Jason, um, they were James all... Franco was the one in 20, 127 hours. Oh yes, yeah, yeah where yeah. he cut his own arm off. Yeah, that was a great story. But meanwhile, all those guys got gangbusters. Like back in the day, yeah. Linda, Linda and Jason were going out, and so I would just take them around and hang out on the Gold Coast and <laughs> tough gig. Yeah, yeah, hanging out with Mr. Bean and. <laughs> It was a bizarre <laughs> life. It was awesome. Yeah. So how old were you back then? I was probably, I think that was 2000, golly, 20-something. You're in your 20s, you're cruising around, you're looking after this, like, famous actress. What a great life. Oh, yeah, it was nuts. I Seriously, <laughs> back then I was just going, what kind of, and it was so funny because my friends who had worked in the film industry for ages were like, how's your job? Like, you've got someone nice and you're, Basically, just cruising around and because I suppose that could also be a really horrible job. Oh if yeah, if you get the wrong actor, yeah, yeah, that could not be good. Oh, they kind of warned me like, hey, 
if they want to swap, if they don't like you, then see you later kind yeah. of thing. Like that this guy, he's quite at Hans. I can't think of his last name now. <laughs> it's the flu medication. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is quite a famous like bodyguard to all the stars. Like oh, I yeah. always see him in on the mags and that. And <laughs> he basically said, you know, if they don't like you for any reason. And so okay, meanwhile, yeah. I didn't realize on the plane, like Matthew Lillard is talking to Linda saying, hey, I've got this guy as an assistant. He was a assistant slash bodyguard. Okay. But he felt uncomfortable and he was trying to swap yeah. assistants. <laughs> like, can I have your girl kind of thing? And then Linda's so you're in like, demand. Uh, well, no, this is before we <laughs> oh, all before met. Oh, before even started. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're cutting deals on the plane. And then, <laughs> but then when we all met each other, um, like Linda's going, yeah, whatever, I don't care. And then we all met each other and we all like each got along and Linda was like, no way, I'm not giving her up. Like, and he, <laughs> and he liked his guy. So. So did you ever keep in contact with her? Yeah. Yeah. We've kind of lost contact. I'm spewing yeah. just over the years cause she's gone gangbusters yeah, herself. Yeah. She's Massive been star. in. Um, Mad Men. I just watched something on Netflix called Dead to Me. She's oh, okay. the She's in that. She's in that. Yeah. Her character's name's Judy. <laughs> there you go. You should claim that. I'll claim it. She named No, it you know what me. I can claim? Claim? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Have you seen it? Yeah. Well, I watched that and I was like, no way. This is definitely about Jason's life. And so I watched the making of it and he says he's taken things from his life. Oh, really? Yeah, I was sitting there going, there's just little things in the movies. Like when he was in Australia, he really, I, I took them to Dracula's. Yeah, yeah. And he just loved it. He just thought that was the funniest thing he'd ever seen. Like, you know, <laughs> and then in that film is Dracula puppets and, yeah, yeah. and all that. And they loved, because at that time they had this like show with big puppets yep. and stuff. So... It all yeah. come from there. Yeah, and then to the point, I'm watching the movie going, there's so many little things I know this happened in Jason's life. Like, <laughs> and then he's, yeah, he says that. And then to the point that he's the girlfriend's assistant is an Australian. I'm yeah. claiming that one. Claim that one yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, I'll like, put that on your show reel. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I was mentioned that. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you not know who I am? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no credit, no credit, but, you know, Shocking. my own credit. Yeah, that's fine. Your own credit's better than no credit. <laughs> so we've done Scooby-Doo and then how's that finished? Like they just wrap, that's a wrap, see you later, everyone move on? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, closes yeah, yeah. down and then, then what do you sit there and go, that's what's it. next? Yeah, pretty much. Like, and and back then, um, yeah, it was, it was hard yards. Like you either work or you don't kind of thing. Yeah. And I was trying to get myself on Matrix 1 and 2, mm-hmm. uh, which is being filmed in Sydney. Um, cause a lot of, you know, once you're in the crew they and take stuff, you they, where you yeah, go, yeah. You, you can do it. Um, uh, but I was jostling too. I was thinking, oh, do I really want to live in Sydney for, it was like two years or something years, yeah. like that. Cause they were doing two and three at the time. Um, yeah. And then I don't know. Yeah. Didn't, didn't get the job and then went and did childcare. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it gone full circle again. So I've gone back to I've gone back kids. to primary school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so funny because yeah, I was probably about twenty five, and I, I, I just wanted a normal job too because yeah. back then films weren't that consistent and yeah, stuff yeah. on the Gold Coast, so it wasn't unheard of that people were out of work for ages. You would, you know, I worked hard for six months, probably mm. worked full, you know, like at more than <laughs> like big days and big yeah, yeah, weeks sure. and stuff for six week, uh, six months. So you kind of finish work and you're 
fall to pieces yeah. and then you're looking for more work. I mean, it's definitely the landscape's changed massively now. Well, they used to always but. say that um, actors make really good waitresses and waiters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that was the most of their – yeah, my daughter's an actress, but she runs this really cool cafe. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's yeah. what was – especially more back then because it wasn't as like the opportunity no, is now. Uh, no, that's right. And films were really like they were only coming to the Gold Coast if they wanted a beach background or, yeah. you know. Um, so you were fighting against the cityscapes and stuff like that. So – all so, yeah, I went and did childcare. Childcare. So where did we do that? On the Gold Coast? Yeah, on the Gold Coast. Childcare was awesome because it taught me to be uninhibited, if that makes sense, yeah, with my craft. Sure. Like, I think, you know, like I worked on films and then I worked on little projects like Big Brother and things like that. But How was that? I, yeah, oh, it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. Do you not find it still weird? I do find it weird. All these people go into a house yeah. and then there's cameras everywhere. And then they're supposed to oh, – they throw a bit of alcohol in there. And they, yeah, it's just a mess. It's just like let, – <laughs> It's bound to happen. Of course. Okay. How do you, you get those sort of gigs? You just – you have an agent or uh, anything? Or once just, once you're, you're in or whatever, it's kind of like I suppose it was who you knew. Yeah. Like, you know, it was just like, hey, come and do this and do that or so What whatever. was your job on Big Brother? So I was, I was a camera assistant, like photographer assistant. So they were doing behind the scenes and okay. stuff. You got to watch the people through the windows. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not really. That's a bit freaky. <laughs> no, it was all the photography. Yeah. Vince Valatuti, he's still in the industry today, actually. Okay. He's a big, he became quite, he does all the films and stuff now. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So you've done your little jobs. You've gone to childcare. <laughs> and how long did you last in childcare? Um, I thought I'd be in childcare forever. Oh, like okay. I was like, you know, I've done my dash, you know, and I might do videos on the side and yeah. just try to live a normal life because I lived such a bizarre life too coming out of <laughs> being Scooby-Doo. Home. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, um, and yeah, I just really liked it because kids were uninhibited. They yeah. just did their, if they liked drawing, they would do a drawing and show their friends they weren't afraid of it. Yeah. So that kind of helped, I suppose, with my own creativity. Yeah, of course. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I got my like diploma and stuff. Might have been. You're like a qualified like childcare worker. Yeah, true oh, story. Yeah. I know Jude. it's nuts. Hey? I know, <laughs> but in the meantime, I was always doing stuff like some sort of video stuff on the side. Yeah. Did you ever go to doing... and do weddings? Oh yes. Because <laughs> everyone who does video or photography always uh, ends up being a wedding yeah, photographer. Yeah, no. Someone approached me the other day, and I was like, "I'm too old for weddings." <laughs> And that's I've done thing. my time. I feel like Everyone I've done hates my time. <laughs> I've never seen someone that actually enjoys either taking photos or video of a wedding. Oh, no. The, I, I think I got the worst of the worst because it was kind of like, hey, you're my friend. Like, oh. you know, <laughs> yeah, can you can you film it as well? And it's like, oh, okay. Uh, you- <laughs> cut two. You don't sit down. Didn't eat a thing. Yeah, I loved your wedding. I would have rather been invited. Uh, happy, no wonder I was single for so long. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I actually became quite jaded. I was like, oh, gosh, this is just terrible. Yeah. <laughs> that's but, not good. Yeah. So we've so. gone and um, done our childcare stint. True to that. What stopped the stint? What What was the decision to go, yeah, no, nah, I'm out? Um, I think, oh, at that time I did a trip to Zambia. It was the first time I went to Africa. That was in 2009. Why? And um, I had, well, I had friends of mine who had lived in, who live in Zambia. Okay. And I was thinking, oh, cool. I I really wanted to go see their work that they did um, and also film something for them. Mm -hmm. So I went and did that 
and I just loved it. I fell in love. That was your own project? You decided, look, hey, I'm going to go and do this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I basically just was like it was during my, you know, work holidays or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Um, went over and just wanted to, yeah, I just wanted to take photos of what the work that they did and the people that they worked with and just bring awareness to their work. And what did they do? What's what's their job in Zambia? So their, um, their ministry is called To The Nations okay. and they um, pack. Um, or oh, part of their stuff that they do is get containers yeah. um, in, in Australia, fill it with donations, mostly medical supplies. Okay. And then school supplies or, or anything, but mostly kind of, you know, hospital beds and anything that a hospital is kind of just about to throw out. Oh, okay. It's so all the secondhand hospital stuff. Yeah, yep. yeah. And then they will give that throughout. Um, well, at that time it was just Zambia, but now it's all throughout the continent of Africa. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really cool what they do. And, yeah, so that was like I think once I sort of did that, I yeah, I was just like oh, I'd love to do more of this. And then so the guy that owns Photo Media. I'd always worked with him and mm-hmm. just started working with him doing commercials and ads and, and that just sort of got more than it like tipped the scale kind of thing. Okay. I was like, oh, cool, I'm back in. Back like in I want to, I do want to do my own craft. Like what I loved about like working on Scooby-Doo and Big Brother and stuff was really cool, but it wasn't your own creativity. Yeah, you're not telling that, your own story. Yeah, and that yeah. trip to, my first trip to Africa was just, like there was no expectation. My friend was like, yeah, cool, just join us. And, you know, and I discovered their work and I yeah. discovered where they went and the people that they were so Was that video or still photography? What did you do over there? Uh, a both, bit of both? A bit of both, yeah, yeah. And did you make that into a, a film? Or? Yeah, it was bodgy as though. So I we, look at it, no. I can we never, look at that now no, or that, that never one. got released? Not that one. Why? <laughs> terrible. Is that in the outtakes? Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> it's like, gosh. You should anyway. release it. <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> it's so bad. But anyway, it was awesome. I loved that trip and yeah. just was like, oh, I'd love to. That was, I think back then I was like, that is what I ultimately want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, so that was the switch that oh, sort of turned on and go, yeah, this is me. Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty yeah. awesome, isn't it? I think my passion got it, yeah, just reignited. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, not, like it was fun working with kids and that, but I kind of was like, oh, do I really want to work? Like in bigger films where it's really exciting to be on a big set and stuff, but you don't really have in any input. Yeah, you're just you know, following it's a someone else's. Down. Yeah, yeah. So it's good experience, but yeah. So the first trip to Zambia, we're a success now. We're now working with Photo Media. Yes. And what are you doing for them? Uh, back then, I, I I rose through the ranks in in Photo <laughs> Media. I think back then it was, I don't even know what it was called. It wasn't something else. I was working for Lincoln and yeah, we were just doing, you know, corporates and stuff like that. Yep. This is going back a fair bit. Like to <laughs> you know, it it's surprising. I think the landscape of video and stuff has just exploded. Like Is that because of like mobile devices and all that sort of stuff, you reckon? Hundred yeah. percent. Like because back in the day it was we were doing corporates and things like that, yeah. but n- not nearly as much and kind of the diversity or, you know, the, yeah, what well, we're Well, most of that today. wouldn't exist anymore. No. I, I think that would be like a dead market now, wouldn't it? Um, or very small market anyway because most of, you've, you've, most places have got their own social media or creative teams and 
they're using mobile phones to actually get better quality video than you were back then. Yeah, yeah. Which, which is oh, a bit nuts. insane when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. It means that anyone can tell this story. That's what I love. I'm, oh. I love telling stories and I love this sort of thing where you sort of can learn and as you go and the thing is you can document this and this will be here forever. It's yeah, one of those. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just a really good medium. Yeah, no, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> so then when did you decide that you're going to make your first sort of major uh, other documentary? Like, yeah, So yeah. you've done the Zambia one and yep. which you then sort of <laughs> uses outtakes. Yeah, um, yeah. And then oh, when, gosh, when did you decide? The, on the cutting room floor. <laughs> <laughs> when did you decide actually like this is going to be my first do you call them documentaries? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think like, oh, I mean, I do such a diverse thing, but my passion or my dream is to do docos. Yeah. You know, or stories yeah. basically. Um, I like long format okay. stuff. So yeah. um, my background though is so like with photo media, we were doing all sorts of stuff. And okay. I, I think I got to a point in my career, again, um, like awesome. We had awesome clients. I've traveled the world. Um, yeah, you know, I've I've already travelled throughout Africa with photo media. We scored yep. a job with a NGO. Oh, nice! And so we were. I got to travel heaps with gear, and and you know there was a point in my career that I was like, hey, I know how to travel. I know how to tell a story. Um, why aren't I doing it? And why aren't you doing it on your own, or why aren't you doing it with photo media? Yeah, or that they were always like, definitely they they're super corporate. They just want to stick. We did a few docos with them, but they are happy um, for you to do your own thing on the side. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Good. Because I guess it's just a different. Like I wanted to pursue something a bit more creative again. On top of although my job was quite creative, yeah, like is quite creative. I wanted to just. It's a whole different world documentary making, I suppose, mm. compared to having like a client and a brief and, you know, you got to sell this product. Yeah, or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I think I got to a point in my career where I was just like I don't want to, yeah, I just want to go find a story and tell it and, and it not be kind of like and let the audience decide what that means, that's if that good, makes sense. Awesome. Yeah. And because it gives you 100% creativity. Yeah. And also means that you can tell the story your way. You can tell the story from your point of view. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. That's yeah. It's amazing. It must well, feel you, really good when you're doing it too. Oh, it was awesome. I guess, yeah. you know, that actually came out of I became quite, um, I guess, a bit jaded and burnt out mm-hmm. from work, just pumping out the same thing. And yeah. Although at Photo Media I was always kind of the specialist, go to Jude if you want to the storyteller yeah. as such compared to there's so many different ways to tell a story. But I like telling it through narrative, through interviews, you know, you're discovering the story. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I sort of got burnt out with work and yeah, just wanted it to say, Hey, I want to, I want to go somewhere, experience it and document it and tell the story. And then, so I actually went back to my mate in Zambia and was like, give me another shot at the title because the first one was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The first one was crap, so I want to fix it. (laughs) Yeah. And meanwhile, like, I didn't know. I just said to him, hey, man, like, I want to come and, you know, I just, like, his name's Chris Shabbat. The man's a legend. Like, he's from North Queensland. He's an ex-prawn farmer or whatever. Love it. He's gone over and he's he's married a Zambian and he's been there for 20 years and, 
He's just such a trooper. Like that's amazing. Um, he must have done it tough too. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, the people that I've had the privilege of telling their story, I just have such admiration because they have put skin in the game. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, it's not so. like they just rocked up and it's all happened for them. It's like they've no. Oh, people like that fascinate me because it's like, why do they do it? Yeah, um, special what, special type of people. Oh, hundred percent, and such a like challenge. Like, yeah, I don't know. There's something about Africa too. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah. It's your calling, is it? You think? <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, fish films is that where we decided now that now you're going to go and do your second? Um, yeah, on the side. At, I did it on the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit of side Where'd work. Fish there? come from? Fish. I actually had a dream. Yeah. True story. It's yeah. a trippy one. Are you ready for <laughs> I'm it? I'm ready. <laughs> I had this dream and it was super vivid, like so colourful, like and just so real. And I remember waking up and I'm a journaler, so I woke up and I wrote in my journal. I didn't really understand. And, and even to this day I kind of don't understand. A lot of yeah. people are like, oh, what's fish films? And it's like, it's seriously, I just had this dream and I was giving birth to, <laughs> to all these exotic fish, like. <laughs> Be you, and I'm not even a fish person, yeah, yeah. you know. And but th- it was so vivid, and they were so colorful and vibrant and just exotic. That's and you were giving birth to them, yeah. And okay. it was kind of like, what you know. And I saw all these fish, and I was just going, okay, like. And then I was in Zambia, and we were out in these like floating islands. I was filming, it was the best. Um, I was, I think it might have been my third trip there, and I was. Yeah, this guy like took me out and we had to canoe for like two hours out to wherever and there's like, and it's all floating islands. So it's like, you feel like you're on, um, you know, like pretend grass, yeah. but it's all kind of squishy or whatever. It's so bizarre. And they're actual land masses. Yeah. But they float. But they float and it's like, it is a bit sort of squishy <laughs> and they've got like little huts there and there's all these guys. What they do out there is they're only staying overnight or whatever to fish but they're all just fishing and they're old school fishing with nets and yeah and stuff. And I remember I got this, I think it might be on the website. <laughs> um, I took this photo and it, I don't know, I was just fascinated because it was like these two guys and they're there with their big net. And I thought, wow, you never really know what's underneath, like yeah, what yeah. you're going to get. And I suppose that's a bit of a play with, you know, so like, was the, was yeah, the fish f- films. You'd... Was the fish dream before the Yeah, yeah. The fi- and the, then that's when you realised actually this is what I've got to call it? Yeah, yeah, I think the the dream was that I wrote it down and it just stuck with me for ages and then I was out there on like in the middle of nowhere in <laughs> yeah. Zambia just in these so floating cool. islands and I thought to myself, wow, it's so cool to see these fishermen. They don't really know what they're going to catch like yep. but they they're out there and underneath. And again, I'm no kind of like one of my friends is a really good underwater photographer and she's just amazing. But I've never really, you know, I don't know. <laughs> never got into that. But I sort of thought, wow, how cool. That's a bit like storytelling. You just never know. Yeah, what's what, coming next. Yeah, and you never know. Like, you know, you're fishing for stories or whatever. Yeah. You never know what's underneath someone's kind of like facade yeah, or, for sure. or whatever's going on, you know, like what is underneath there. And this dream, I always think that, yeah, it's there's beauty. There's, you know, there's things that bring wonder or I don't know, things like that. That's amazing. What a great way to tell a story. Like, it's a bit bizarre, isn't it's it? It's good though. And then so fish film stuck and now. Well, yeah, it's stuck and it's so weird because I'm kind of like, I don't know if I really like that name, but I like, I, do. I like the thought of like, yeah, Where that it's you're come fishing. From and all that yeah, yeah. And I sort of, I'm going to stick to it because it like was a. I like fishing for a story. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, yeah. I just always think someone asks me, oh, are you into fishing? And it's like, oh, not really. No, <laughs> actually, I had this dream and I yeah, gave yeah. birth to all these fish. And they're like, much. what? You triffer? <laughs> so you're in Zambia for the second time and you've now had another crack at, at filming this. And did you learn from the first time? Or did oh, you yeah, definitely. I still went without a plan, to be honest. Okay. I still was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go and do it. And again, I th- this time around, I didn't have the intention of making a long. Like, I was just going to tell their story and try to get more um, awareness for yeah. their organisation, basically, you know. Um, but I, I took two girls with me on that trip and they were, as as I was filming, they were kind of helping you know, wherever they could, like we were paint, they were painting like a hospital okay, yeah. room and things like that. And they just loved it. And I thought, oh, this would be so cool if I could do this all the time. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and then while I was over there, one of my best mates from Marymount, um, <laughs> Kath Weber, she was the editor of the Bulletin at the time. And okay. She was like, Jews, I want to do a story on you. And I was like, why? And she <laughs> goes, I've been watching like where you're going and what you're doing. And because like basically – Chris's ministry were like is working with governments and and this one trip I was on we're having dinner with the princess of Swaziland and all this sort of wow. stuff and I'm was like was she nice yeah super nice <laughs> yeah it was so bizarre it was so weird you know to be a king in Swaziland you have to kill a lion <laughs> do you really yeah so dad apparently is he's a lion, lion killer yeah yeah just casually. Timber. Yeah. Oh gosh, ouch. <laughs> More faster. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, she was like, Oh, I want to do a story and I was like, Me? Like, what about the people that I'm doing a story on? But she was like, Oh no, but you're, you know, you're from the Gold Coast. So blah, she's blah, a story blah. about you doing a story about someone else. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. It was bizarre. But it was funny, it was only until when I got back that this young journo, I kind of again I'd travelled a lot through the other NGO work that I did with photo media and, yeah. and I suppose I'd seen a lot of poverty and was just aware of what was going on. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it, I hate to say it, but I almost kind of, you were filtered out or whatever. Yeah. So this young girl was um, interviewing me and I, I was kind of like, wow, she's either a really good journalist or has no idea about poverty. Yeah. Like, and yeah, she was just fascinated. Like, and I was just showing her pictures and stuff that I didn't really think much of. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. And then, this is the normal for you when 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 you look at it from that point of view. It's actually yeah, I, I understand it's like that there. When if you show someone that's never been there, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Like it's the difference between surface paradise and uh, oh totally and the poverty of Zambia is like obviously two different yeah. realms. So she actually encouraged me, what are you going to do with this? And I was like, oh, I don't know. And she's like, you should make a doco. And I was like, well, I could. I've got so much footage yeah. of stuff. So so then I thought, yeah, I'm going to do it. And and I don't know. And somehow it happened. Told, somehow told the story. So the first one's probably a bit bodged too. <laughs> that ended up being a series. <laughs> okay. So I did a series. And what, and what I, was that called? It was called Uncontained Love. Oh, about a container. It. Love it. So my my ideas. So coming back, I was like, oh, follow a donation from the container, and All the way see through. where it goes. But it ended up being uncontained because you just couldn't. It was just like once the donations had hit the other side, like it was virtually impossible to follow because it it's like bang, it just goes like everywhere. Okay, you know they're so interconnected and there's so much need, and you know you just see 
the donations just spread far and wide. Like, so where can we watch Uncontained Love? Um, it was in the film fe- Gold Coast Film Festival, but now it's just on Vimeo. So it's on Vimeo. Yes. So we need to get. Well, I'm going to do that. That's my mission yeah, tonight. Do it. And that's a series, or well, a, a it is a series. Show? The the one on I think on Vimeo. The first one I've got on is the latest one, which was in Nigeria. Okay. So I shot that over a couple of years. Yeah. So again, that was kind of the. Chris's work works in Nigeria and it was the first time they had been into Nigeria. So that was more about that love is greater than fear. It was almost like the first one is about the container. Yep. And then the second one was about Zambia and Zambia is the place that they've worked the most. Okay. So, for example, there was a hospital in Zambia, Kabwe um, General Hospital, that wasn't, it wasn't doing well and through like you know, a decade of donations is now what at that time was going through the process of becoming a university hospital. Oh, okay. So they had, yeah. Education and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like Chris um, in the doco explains like Africa's, um, one of the problems Africa has is brain drain. So like education in some nations is really good, um, you know, um, but what happens is, like, say, for in terms of medical stuff, like, people might get educated, but then the facilities don't have anything. So they'll go to Europe or they'll – and they'll lose the educated people, you and know. And how can they keep that? Is there any way they can keep – Well, that's thr- what they're through doing that, too? through the donation. So this hospital in Carbway was a really good example. Like, it had gone from being kind of like a em- uh, empty building mm-hmm. that had no beds – and no equipment to, oh, to getting all the to beds what they equipment need. and then therefore maintaining the staff. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So that's like that happened in, with Malawi and everything. And I mean, uh, like, don't get me wrong. You go to these hospitals, and pe- the people working there are so proud of what they have. And yeah, and it, it's you know, I remember at the time. Yeah, it was the first time I went back. I had done a corporate job for the Gold Coast Hospital. Mm-hmm. And the doors hadn't opened yet and whatever. And we were getting, you know, I was filming all the, like, rooms and stuff like that at the Gold Coast Hospital just going, oh, I'm just about to go, you know. And then cut to I'm in Malawi in a big hospital that, you know, looks after millions of people. And uh, and people are, like, sleeping. It would be amazing to do a story about comparing the two. That would be wicked. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Like you're going from this to – and the other thing here is the amount of stuff that we throw away. Oh, it's That they can use. Yeah. is just um, unbelievable, isn't it, really? Oh, for sure. Like one of the – we're in Swaziland and um, so they get donations all the way up as far as Bundaberg and Bundaberg Hospital were just about to throw out all these beds Mm. or whatever and they ring the guy and say, hey, if you want it, come and pick it up or whatever, ring up one of the guys in Bundaberg. So then we're in Swaziland and we're unpacking this container and these beds come rolling out. And it's just like, wow, what's wrong with these? There's nothing. They're pretty much new. Yeah. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just astounding the amount of money that we spend on healthcare and mm. and all this new equipment, and they've got nothing. Yeah. It's just. Oh, it's pretty heartbreaking at times, <laughs> but also, you know, if anything, all that all that sort of stuff that I've seen has just taught me that, you know. Um, uh, Africans or the the experience I've seen is that they'll use things to the nth degree yep. and they'll 
yeah, like it, there's no wastage. Mm. Like they'll just see that and they're not going to go, oh, that's nothing. Like they're just like, awesome, we'll use that and we're going to use it to wherever. That, that's why it was hard to follow the donation. Oh, okay. Because it was kind of like. bits and pieces they used in different ways. Yeah, or wow. it's gone. It's like, you know, one lady might have the wheelchair for a month and then it's gone to another person. Like, so you can, oh, wow. bang, it just bang, keeps bang, getting used and used and used. Yeah, oh, 100%. <laughs> so to me, you sound like a very humble person, right? From the discussion that we're, we're having <laughs> at Matt. And what I mean, though, by that Golly. is that you do stuff for others, you like telling the stories of others. So, how did you go when you got these big awards? How, how did that make you feel? Did you sit there and go, oh, maybe it's not really for me? Or were you like, yeah, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it freaked me out, I suppose. Like it's awesome to get a cinematography award because yeah. like, it's pretty much a male-dominated, even though it's getting better. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I got that through work. I think I was, yeah, I don't know. I was pretty stoked, I suppose. Oh, that's like good. it is pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I guess sometimes I think it, you know, it puts pressure on you because then people are like, well, you must be, you know, you like if you have a bad day or whatever. Ah, <laughs> oh, sorry well, about you're that. You're an award winner. You know, what like, you ah, yeah, yeah, bring the game, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. But then I think that's why I did childcare. It's like go back to that route yeah. of like just do it because I like it, not not for awards or anything like that. Like it's, you know, I suppose it's cool to be recognised and you go, hey, cool, like, um, you know, and, and it always helps for – when I'm trying to pitch an idea or yeah. something like, hey, I am pretty legit. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a trophy. Yeah, yeah, my trophy. here's my trophies. <laughs> da, da, da. Yeah, yeah. So a question I've got for you in regards is how do you live off this stuff? Like, Because obviously you're doing this like fish films, you're doing it for yourself and stuff. Do people then commission that or do they then buy that? Yeah, that's the, that's, how does that work? That that's a good question. Thank yeah, you very much. that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> um, at the moment, um, how do I live? I I will either work still back at Photo Media. Okay. Um, yeah, either self fund it or get private funding. Yeah. Um, I'm in a spot where I want to try to get bigger funding and and stuff like and that. Do bigger stuff. But yeah. I'm just I, I'm terrible at stuff like that. So. <laughs> Like I, I get really, I'm actually really scared of numbers. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I've been really challenged to make it sustainable, looking for grant money, yeah. um, either kind of offsetting it. It's almost like for me um, with fish films, like I want to do like not just long, so long formats, you know, that's, that is time and money, I suppose. Um, so how do I offset that? I'll do little jobs. Okay. Like for non-profits or whatever. Um, so but do I, people buy that long form? Like do you then go and sell that to a TV station or a Netflix or a whoever? Oh, yeah, Is that yeah, the way it works? Yeah, yeah. Work? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't only because I, I, I also struggle with I don't think I'm good enough. <laughs> okay. Well, you're amazing. <laughs> but, um, you're an award winner. You have a trophy, remember? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. I suppose like I'm building my like – bank of stuff because I had th things in film festivals and I've done whatever I, I'm trying to, yeah, I don't know. I've had stuff on Channel 9 and whatever. I don't know. So we need to pitch. Is that what we need to do? We yeah, need to get yeah. some backers for fish films. Pr pretty much. Let's but do that then. I, I was talking to someone the other day, like Australia is the only country that doesn't really seek private funding, okay. like Screen Queensland and all that. 
there's there's some really great grants and things like that that uh-huh. that help that feed the filmmaker or yeah. whatever or feed the story um but it's it's not uncommon to go and get private funding to you do know that. what i mean and say hey like at the moment we're in pre-production for a story about the South Sudanese refugee. Mm-hmm. So we kind of had an idea and I've kind of sketched it out. But I suppose too the way I tell stories yeah. is is kind of a grant funder's nightmare because <laughs> it's almost like, hey, I, I, I don't want to assume what it is. Yeah. Like I really actually want to be a voice to someone who doesn't have a voice. And so I don't want to assume... But when you're writing grant stuff, you're almost kind of assuming, assuming yes, it, this yeah. character will be doing this. And <laughs> <laughs> Here's the you know. script they'll never follow, but yeah. that's fine. So th- I think that's the sort of argy-bargy that I'm in at the moment. Like, and I've split the difference. It's kind of like um, I'll, I'll do little jobs for NGOs, yeah. which will pay, you know, and I'll do an NGO and that rate will for then them. fund your big one. Yeah. And then, then I'm self-funding. I'm, I'm saving up or whatever. So, yeah. and then the plan is when you get back with the, the Sudanese one, which we'll talk about in a sec, you'll then try and sell that to someone? Yeah. Is that the way that works? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think I've got to a point, like it's been a bit of a slow burn in all honesty because I I was working at Photo Media yeah. full time. I'm now sort of contracting, Yeah. you know, so that's freed up time because it was almost like, oh, another year went by and I was – you know, doing it in my holidays or yeah, doing yeah. it on the side or whatever. So I'm at a point where it's like, hey, I've got to make this a bit more sustainable. I need to like, and and I'm not business minded, but I'm I'm getting there, you yeah. know. I'm just doing kind of little jobs and it's like, oh, cool. Like, or corporate jobs, bang, awesome. Like, that will go towards. That'll go towards the next big yeah. one. Yeah. I, I think too, like, it, it's probably a terrible business plan, but when you've, I always say to um people like for me personally i don't know i've been in the trenches with the poor so like easy to get on with it yeah and it's <laughs> kind of like it's not that much of an ask or the, a sacrifice like to put my skin in the game yeah, yeah you know what i mean and and i have to put skin in the game to if i want to get these stories done well the like, thing is it's so important to tell these stories yeah i think I, so <laughs> oh I, I agree 100 percent. and the thing is that we, we're educated by this. There's a whole pile of stuff that happens with by telling these stories. And, and even the fact that it makes people feel good, feel bad, feel sad, feel whatever, mm. you've got to feel these things. And I think it's really important moving forward that, and there should be more done about it, personally. That's yeah, my yeah. opinion on that front. Uh, I'm with you. So what's your next big project? Sudanese, what are we doing there? Yeah, well, um, <laughs> good question again. <laughs> um, we're just planning. So uh, the last Uncontained Love, uh, I, I also did another doco that went on Channel 9 called Aussie Mum African Heart. I think that's what Channel 9 called it. Yeah. Um, and so I teamed up with one of my good mates who's a um, journo, Karianne Greenbank, mm-hmm. um, which was awesome because I'm, we, I always say to her, I'm the beauty kind of person. Like I just like taking nice you know, I'm always looking for the beautiful shots and yeah. and even the storylines. Like, you know, I come from advertising too, okay. but she's she's the truth seeker. So yeah. she kept me accountable in like, hold on, you got to get these facts right and don't get too, you know, emotional or whatever, <laughs> you know, which was a really good combination. Yeah, so, so I, again, we've, um, we, we both just really wanted to, she's working in Melbourne at the moment. Um, and has been for the last few years. 
doing a lot of stories with Channel 9 on the South Sudanese. Okay. So she basically just said, you know, I want to – there's something there. There's a, there, there's some sort of story about, um, you know, the South Sudanese Aussie, I suppose. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we're just planning a trip to go to Juba um, in October. Where's Juba? That's in South Sudan. Wow. Yeah. So. Is that safe? Uh, yes, is the answer. <laughs> if mum's listening, yeah, yes. Of course it is, mum. <laughs> yes, well, mum. No problem. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't check travel advisor or whatever it is. <laughs> no. yeah. Smart travel. Uh, uh, yes and no. Like okay. I suppose the way I operate too is like, so Chris, we're going to go with him again, but he's more our logistics. Yeah, fair So call. again, his work works with the government. Um, and because of what he does, he has massive favour. Yeah. So we sort of go a little bit under the radar. And we travel with him and he's super connected. So oh, he's going to get us into there and just lining up some other people who are also trying to get us into refugee camps, et cetera. And, and again, I, it, it really is like I just have a massive conviction about using my skill sets to give voice to someone who doesn't have a voice. Like yeah. earlier this year I was working on Harrow too. I don't know if you've seen no. that show. Um, it's on the ABC. Okay. Um, and I was working on just behind the scenes and I was out um, at, at Warwick and Owen Griff- Grifford is his name from yeah. Amazing Grace. The, oh, yeah. You know that guy? Yeah, I yeah. love that movie. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, it's a, like, hello. So I'm sitting, at, you know, on set just going, oh, my gosh, that's the guy from Amazing Grace, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not starstruck at all. <laughs> no, no. Be cool, dude. Be cool. Be cool. You know, and I was like, oh, my goodness, like, you know, the the irony is like I'm looking at this actor who played, you know, William Wilberforce like <laughs> about, you know, the slave trade and fought for them and was a voice for them and I was sitting there going, wow, like, you know, obviously he's just a normal human being and whatnot and, and he's totally set up like and I just thought, what am I doing here? Like I kind of found myself on 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 a set again. Okay. But it was to the wrong people. Like yep. these people already have a voice, like, and they've got, you know, publicists and all sorts of people yeah, around them. getting their voice out there. And I was like, oh, I don't want to do, I'm in the wrong space. Like I really want to go to South Sudan and sit down and, and yeah, respectfully listen to somebody's story and respectfully tell it, you know, not, not me saying, hey, this is what I think. Yeah. You know, just listen and tell the story. So, yeah. So when's this happening? October. October. That's so exciting. Yeah. Hey, that's yeah, not yeah. far away. I know. I better get cracking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Now, you're married to one of my favourite humans. <laughs> he, seriously, I love the bloke and he's such a nice man yeah. and I believe he should be the next mayor even though he'll never do it <laughs> um, because he just speaks the truth. And the thing I like about him, and since the first day I met him, he's a hugger, a big fan of a hugger, and we just yeah. we just got on. It's one of those things. We met at a startup weekend many years ah, ago. Ah, cool. And so we, um, yeah, he's, he's a really good man. How did you two meet? I think he's a great man. So I'm all, <laughs> I'm with you there. How did we we met through work? Yeah, and it was pretty funny because he had um, I know he reached out and offered me a project or whatever, and I was uh, I hate saying no to people, but I was like, oh, I've heard about this project. <laughs> I think I've heard about him. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, oh, this project has no money. Like I, it's something I can't do, yeah. you know, like it's not 
in my thing and I was like, oh, how am I going to say no to this guy? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> because, yeah, we met and we were talking and as, as we met like through work, then we started talking about like just life and, and I was thinking, wow, this guy is so not who I thought he was. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't really know him. Pr- like I knew of him. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I just had no idea. Um, so, yeah, we met through work and. And it was, a, I guess, a bit of a slow, quick slow burn. burn. Slow, quick burn. Oh, yeah. there we go. Why a slow, quick burn? Well, he was, he was like, married when I met him. Yeah. And he was going through a divorce and stuff. Um, and so, <laughs> oh, this is really embarrassing. But, like, so when I met him, it was work. And then we talked, like, personal, just, you know. Yeah. And we discovered we had mutual friends, et cetera. And, and then he was kind of telling me what he was going through. And I, you know, I was listening, but I wasn't hanging on everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of left going, oh, wow, that guy, you know, I, I'd love for him to connect with some of my, like he'd, it sounded like he'd lost a few friends. Yeah. And, you know, he needs to, he needs guy, good guys around him or whatever, like, you know. But meanwhile, I'm thinking, oh yeah, cool. Like, oh no, he's not. He's pretty. He's a pretty good looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw him at a party, and I wasn't like, because single for a long time, yeah and, yeah, and happy in my singlehood, like, you know. But I was also quite shy when it came to guys. Like, I'm pretty bold in <laughs> certain things, but when it came to guys, it's like, oh, I'm so <laughs> awkward. I don't know, you know. <laughs> But I saw him at this party and I was thinking, yeah, cool. He's really cool. I really want to talk to him. And he was so like, it was just weird. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then then I realised, oh, wow, he's going through a separation now. For yeah. some reason I misheard him and I thought it happened ages it ago. <laughs> yeah, whoopsie. And so I was like, oh, okay, cool. So then we were just like, hey, let's, yeah. I was like, dude, I'm super single and and I like it, like. <laughs> I do not want to be with a wounded cat. <laughs> Respectfully. Respectfully. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, I was like, hey, wow, okay, I have no idea what, how that would be or whatever. So and then we you obviously got together. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and you met the boys. Yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, so over time I suppose like he connected with his old mates and we hung out and stuff and I was very kind of like we are just being friends here. And then in that time I met the boys and – I guess, yeah, it was really cool. I always sort of thought like, um, you know, not to d- despise the development of a relationship. Yeah, like yeah. I really liked, oh, cool, like, you know, I'm getting to know him and at the same time I was getting to know the boys and, yeah, like our relationship just, it developed and it got to a certain point as in, hey, yeah, okay. This is going to We're happen. crossing over. We're there. <laughs> <laughs> but, and yeah. How did the big day happen? Did he hop down on one knee? How the, how the oh, that was go? so awkward. He was like, we, he wanted to go for a picnic or whatever. And, and then, so we went to one place and it was just like this bodgy. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, uh, it's terrible to say, cause no, it was just like, I don't know. We went to this place and meanwhile he's thinking, cause I always wanted to get married under a tree okay. and we were talking about stuff cause we were quite intentional. Like yeah, once yeah, we sort of said, Hey. You know, we had a pretty traditional courtship and yep. we were like, hey, you know, so we weren't sort of mucking around kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I always wanted to get married under a big tree. So he took 
he took us to like this one park and then he's like, oh, this is terrible or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And then we went somewhere else and it started raining. And then we went back to, um, so I'd bought a house and he was renting. He was my he was my renter. He was your tenant. Yeah. <laughs> and so we went back there and it was just pouring rain. So then we had this picnic in the lounge room <laughs> and then he gets, he gets this thing out and it's like these wooden letters or whatever. And I got, it's done by the wood choppers in Madraba. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, will you marry me? Oh, and I was like, him. ah, <laughs> no, I was thinking you've been so weird. I can't believe I didn't realize. You had no sort of, idea. I, I was just thinking something's going on here. This, this is a bit, he's so adamant about this picnic, you know. <laughs> we will eat this picnic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like, okay, fun. let's just. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And now two years on, everything's great. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Oh, that's good. No, that's great so good. News. Okay, so. I really, really love this story. I love talking to you. It's been amazing. But I always finish my podcast with a few quick fire questions. So some are hard, some are easy. It's supposed to be quick fire, right? Okay, gosh. What's your greatest achievement in life? (laughs) Uh, Marrying Glenn. (laughs) What's your real greatest? No, I'm joking. (laughs) Who's the person or the people who have had the biggest influence on your career? Oh, wow. I'd have to say Lincoln Williams. <laughs> and who's Lincoln Williams? He owns Photo Media. Okay. Yeah. Who's the person or the people who have the most influence on you personally? All my closest friends, I would say. And the crew. Uh, yeah. In the w- When we got married, we didn't have bridesmaids and groomsmen. We uh-huh. had posses. Oh, cool. Because we were kind of like, you know, I'm at an age where it's, like, say, Lincoln, he yeah. owns Photo Media, but his partner has been my best friend since I was 10. And, oh, okay. And then he's sort of been my mentor with work, yeah. but also a friend and a boss and a whatever. Yeah. And then so, yeah, I don't know, I'm I'm really lucky. Like I've known, yeah, I went to school with Mimi in Marymount and there, there's kind of like a handful of people that, who I go to, they're my go-to. And awesome. I would say they're, yeah. Sorry. Favourite food? Um, Italian. Favourite song? Slip, Slippity Slide by Tijuana Cartel. <laughs> Favourite place in the world? Oh. Uh, I thought this would be a hard one. Golly, that is hard. I would have to say out with those Fisher guys in the middle of Zambia. I don't even yeah. know what it was. I can't On the remember. floating Chenko. islands. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. What's next for Jude? Uh, yeah, South Sudan. Prepping for South Sudan. That's so cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending the time with me. I really appreciate it. I love hearing your story. And I really look forward to seeing the South Sudan series. And I'm going to go home and watch Uncontained Love. <laughs> okay, cool. Thanks so much, Jude. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, bye. bye. <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for listening. What an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker and look out for more Meteorate podcasts.